Hello, my name is Adam, and I've never seen U.S. Marshals. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fine, I'll Watch It, the show where we show anybody, a uh, friend, a stranger, a uh, fugitive of justice, a movie they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. This month, we are covering all sequels for September, and this week we are covering 1998's U.S. Marshals, sequel to 1993's The Fugitive. Adam, welcome. Hi, Bridget. Hi. God damn it. <laughs> you know who I am at this point. There's not another woman who's going to be on this show. Like, it, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm Bridget. <laughs> Every episode is somebody's first. That's that's the rule. That's the good, it's good rule of TV, radio, film. Every episode could Fair be somebody's enough. first. I'm trying to get, like, I had to keep the year 1998. You're ready head. for U.S. Marshals. I am ready for U.S. Marshals. That's what matters. Uh, as you can probably guess, because it's just the two of us talking, no Johnny this week. We had a, a fun weekend away that I think he's recovering from. So, uh, he will unfortunately miss out on U.S. Marshals, but we'll make sure that he's back for some of the other sequels, uh, later this month. Cause I know there's some things that he's probably a little excited about. So just wanted to, to touch base, clear things up before we jump headfirst into this, ep- this episode for sequel September. Yes. So... Adam, you were in the hot seat during our Fugitive episode. I was. Yeah. How did you feel about The Fugitive? I loved The Fugitive. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> I, I had a, a blast with it. I don't remember what my thoughts were going into it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that, like, I knew it existed. I knew it was in the Harrison Ford, I want my family back genre of film from the 90s. You know, he wants his wife back, even though she's dead. He can't have her back. No, I can't. Um, but I I loved the premise. The action was good. The kind of, are they going to get him? Are they going to believe him? We know we didn't do it. Like, the whole mystery about it was very engaging. So I, I had a, a real good, fun time with it. I still laugh about the leap off the dam that I was only half paying attention to because I was writing notes. But yeah, great, great movie. I think I bought it digitally when we watched it because it was like on sale and it wasn't streaming anywhere so i was like ah, whatever i'll send three bucks its way and i'll own this movie for better or for worse i have dumber movies in my catalog yeah. in my digital catalog fine but since then i went out and i purchased it from my uh, vhs collection uh so i have the Great fugitive VHS. because it is an absolute must seemingly vhs rainy day summer movie so it's only it's only perfect that we're watching the sequel on a Rainy day. It's true. Because that, that movie absolutely would be a thing you'd throw on at the cabin on vacation. Right. Uh, if, it, if it just happened to be in the box of movies left at the rental place. Yeah, like what's available. No to my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. No to Greece. Oh, The Fugitive? Yeah. Something for everyone. Yeah. We talked about the same thing with... Um, Point Break. Point Break. Yeah. I was like, what's the movie with the surfer dice? <laughs> Point Break. Because that was also a really fun, great summertime 90s action movie. So, yeah, I absolutely uh, loved The Fugitive. Probably one of my favorite things that we've watched where I was on the hot seat, I think. Nice. 
So now you were a big fan of the Fugitive coming into that. And I still love are. the Fugitive. Okay. Still am. Harrison Ford, first love. U.S. Marshals. I'll admit, I've seen. I think once, maybe on cable. Mm-hmm. I a don't remember. Cable movie. Oh yeah, it was a big TNT movie. Mm-hmm. The two of them would frequently play, um, but there are some returning characters. Are you aware of anyone who might be coming back for this movie? I do believe uh, Tommy Lee Jones is back because it's now about him and yeah. his group. Though I don't think all of the group is back. Like, I, I don't think Joe Pants is back. Right? Right, Joe Pantoliano was in the first one? He is. Yeah. He is back. He's back. Okay. He's back, baby. Wait, did he almost die in he... the first one? Or we thought he died? He... See, the one that got hit in the face by the... Who got hit in the face by the big beam? Uh, I think that was Joey Pants. Okay. But then one of the last shots, he's being wheeled out. Yeah. Okay. And if I remember correctly, because he was like, please don't kill me in this movie. I want to come back. I want to come back for the sequel. Okay. Okay. And so, so he's here. Joe Pants is back. Joe Pants is back. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is back. I do know that because I remember us talking about it. And obviously the U.S. Marshals, like I said, is his outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he should be. Uh, I do know just from remembering seeing the trailer, because I would have been going to the movies a lot as a kid yeah. uh, in 1998 to see all manner of dumb things. <laughs> But I definitely remember seeing the trailer for this multiple times, whether it was on tapes or in the theaters or on TV. Like I have seen, I'm pretty sure the there's a scene in this where it's Tommy Lee Jones and Wesley Snipes talking on a rooftop that I've seen a million times. I don't know why or how, but <laughs> I just know that that's part of the trailer or part of the commercial package or whatever. Yeah, so. or like just the... The magic of certain cable movies where you happen anytime you're scrolling, you mm-hmm. come on that exact moment, you'll see that 30 second snippet and nothing else of the movie. Yeah, because I was, a, I don't know about you, but I was definitely a kid who like the TV, like the cable stations would be favorited. So you could just cycle through the favorites. Yes. Back when that was how you watch TV a lot of times. Like you could go through all 52 or whatever, but if you you got your favorites pre-programmed in there. I know I don't care about what's on CNBC. Yeah, exactly. I need to just go MTV, VH1, TNT, TBS, Comedy AMC, Central, blah, 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 ABC yeah. Family, you know, you know, the whole oh. gamut that could potentially have a movie I want to watch or a show I want to yeah. watch. Um, so I definitely would have been flipping through and been like okay what's the tnt movie at four o'clock on a saturday oh u.s marshals i don't care yeah but it would probably always be the scene where they're on the rooftop (laughs) at night in the middle of the city um and i think i remember from our conversations that it's kind of the same movie where it's tommy lee jones as a u.s marshal trying to hunt down a person who may or may not have committed a crime that they definitely didn't commit I think. Yeah, I think Um, that's the general gist. But it's more from his perspective, which I'm okay with, because I liked his character a Mm -hmm. lot in The Fugitive. I don't know if it'll be able to carry, that team will be able to carry things through, because obviously Harrison Ford is a juggernaut of an actor. Mm -hmm. So he carries a lot of the weight in any movie he's going to be in. It'll be interesting from my perspective to see if that works here still, if you're going to tell essentially the same movie. Right, because like, the character of Richard Kimball, you know, this is someone who is figuring things out through intellect, dumb luck, you know, he's very resourceful, he doesn't have everything at his disposal mm-hmm. that the marshals do, so this, the cat and mouse chase is very interesting, even as you're not, 
You're not like, oh, I hope Tommy Lee Jones isn't successful. You want him to keep going because he's so fascinating to watch the Mm -hmm. method. But I wonder if you're able to capture the magic again. Yeah. And I mean, that's the that's the through line with any sequel that I'm sure Mm -hmm. we'll be touching on all month long uh, as we cover sequel after sequel. But yeah, it's okay. What do you do? You want to tell kind of the same movie because it worked the first time. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't it work the second time? Right. But you have to add something to it. So that way it can work the second time. I don't know if the... And I don't know that this would be 100% the case, but I don't know if shifting the perspective 100% to being on the Tommy Lee Jones part of the proceedings is going to be enough where that's exciting to me as a viewer. Even though every time he was the focus in The Fugitive, I loved it. But I think that's also because he's working to catch another character that I really like. So I think... I'm assuming Wesley Snipes is the fugitive in this, right? Yes, yeah. I don't know, and this isn't necessarily a dig at Wesley Snipes, but he's no Harrison Ford. So I don't know if him being the the mouse in this cat and mouse game is as exciting as Harrison Ford being the mouse when the mouse is the main character. <laughs> so you're now making him, A, not the main character, I think, and he's not Harrison Ford. Because if you switched it and told the same movie, but Harrison Ford is the side character to Tommy Lee Jones, I'll probably buy it and enjoy it because it's still Harrison Ford at the end of the day. Like, this is a step down in terms of fugitive star power. Yeah. I don't know. Wesley Snipes at this point, though, is pretty... He's coming off Blade, I think, at this point in the career. Because I think Blade was 97, if not earlier. It could be... It could be earlier. Uh, no, Blade is 1998. Oh, big year for him. Yes, it is. So this this movie came out March 6, 98. I have to assume mm-hmm. Blade came out after that, but let's double check. Oh, yeah, August 21st, 1998. Okay. So 98 is the big, the big year for him with this and Blade. Probably his best year ever. Because I don't know much about his career pre- I think you have... White Men Can't Jump. Okay, yeah. I believe... New Jack City, which yeah. I haven't seen. Demolition Man, I've seen. So I guess the earlier the earlier 90s would have been his his height. Yeah. Jungle Fear by Spike Lee. I feel like there's one other big one that I'm forgetting. And Oh, Major League. Oh, yes, that's right. What's the big one? Um, I always forget about that because he's like the fourth build person. At least, like, down that. But granted, it was early in his career, so it makes sense. But I forget that he's in that movie. Yeah. Because he wasn't Charlie Sheen or Tom Berenger. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, it'll be... I'll be interested to see how he plays as what is essentially the titular character that this is based on, essentially. (laughs) Do you have any favorite sequels that are essentially a repeat of their predecessor we talked a little bit about like back to the future 2 last week that's probably the best example of this movie's kind of the same as the first movie but they go to the future too but they also go back to elements of the same literally the same movie same scene beat for beat for beat yeah um so that was cool because they had the added ability to do a new scene within the scene yeah. So you can have Marty climbing on the catwalk to drop the sandbags to stop the goons from getting him while he's on stage also playing Johnny Be Good. 
you know, he you can watch him watch uh, Biff get punched by the dad. Like, you can... So there's that element that makes it easier to pull that off. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones that were, like, so spot on, like, the sequel. That the sequel is so spot on the first movie that I don't know if I could pull one out. Do you have any that you were thinking of off the top of your head? The Force Awakens was the one that came to mind of, like... It's it's a new hope. It's a new hope. Yeah. Um, that one I did enjoy, you know, and which I, I still liked. Yeah. yeah, I understood the criticism of it, but in the moment, I was like, yeah, but I don't care. New Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah, and but it's we're good. in the Falcon right now. Who yeah. cares? I'm sure I saw like a ton of like direct to DVD sequels or right. direct to TV sequel, basically that were oh it's oh we're doing the that movie again. Like one of them that I remember watching on some movie channel at some point because it was on all the time was Cruel Intentions 2 which I honestly saw before Cruel Intentions 1 and it is the same movie just with completely different characters set in the same city and the same same idea rich people torturing other rich people who might not be as rich I can check that one off the list then which with sexual side Side effects effects. (laughs) (laughs) so more or less the more or less the same movie but yeah, I, I can't think off the top of my head. Mostly because if if that is the case, you don't think about that sequel. You're like, eh, it's the same. Yeah, you're I like right. the you first just, one, and I you discard it, and it becomes part of the the gray matter of yeah. your brain, just completely indistinguishable. Yeah, because you're like, oh, it's the same. It was the same thing, and that means it's probably also not as good. You yeah. know, Major League Two kind of falls in that range. <laughs> Speaking of Major League movies, uh, a lot of the superhero movies can do that too, but. They're not necessarily sequels, but if you think about the fact that everything in the MCU is a like a one long anthology, a lot of them are technically sequels to other movies, even though it's not the same characters, because they're all part of the greater narrative. And a lot of the origin story movies feel very similar, even though I like them in their own right. Um, so while they're not necessarily number two or number three in a character's journey, like they're all in the same narrative telling similar stories. Yeah. And I feel like you see that more in sort of like genre storytelling mm-hmm. in general, because you get more of those tropes and, you know, like archetypes from the hero's journey in general. Yeah. That you like are important to hit. Yeah. But it kind of falls in the same line of, okay, tell the same story, but change a little bit. So it looks like I'm not copying it. Yeah. Okay. I'm te- When Doctor Strange gets made, okay, let's just make Iron Man 1, but let's everybody call Iron Man Doctor Strange. And it's basically the same movie. So stuff like that, I think, is is fine as long as it's enjoyable. So I I won't knock a movie just because it's more or less the same, as long as it does enough to keep me invested or keep me entertained. Which is what Jaws 2 was last week. Where, okay, it's still a shark attack movie that takes place in Amityville and no one believes Brody and... No one thinks that they can help, and he's got to kind of go it alone and be the rogue dude to fend off shark attacks and save the town, and then get no heroes welcome at the end. Same movie, but still enjoyable because they added more sharks, <laughs> and they added more, or not more sharks, but they added more shark attacks. They right. added more gruesomeness to the shark attacks. We watch people get eaten whole. The shark's got a burned face. It's out for revenge, but it's not the movie called The Revenge. So, as long as it's fun and entertaining, I'm I'm on board with it, even if it is. Very, very similar. Fair enough. Now, when was the last time you said you saw this? I was probably a kid. Okay. Did you seek it out because it was a sequel to The Fugitive? Or was it just, it was on and you realized later, oh my god, they're connected. It was on. Dad's weekend. Mm -hmm. Not paying attention to 
what your nine-year-old is putting on for your six-year-old <laughs> while you take a shower. We'll let TNT do the content filter for, <laughs> yeah, my, for my children. Got it. <laughs> like uh, my father would just be like, "It's a great channel. They they have they have good taste in movies. What's the problem?" Yeah. I'm... Like, why are your kids watching Green Mile <laughs> on your weekend, Fran? <laughs> Given how often we've said, oh, this was definitely a TNT staple, they did have some good movies. They, so, he, can't knock them for that. Cannot. <laughs> um, but I don't think I realized that the two movies were necessarily related. You know, The Fugitive, I think, is so important to Tommy Lee Jones's career. Mm. He ends up getting typecast as that character quite a bit, which is almost fine because, like, it's so good. You want to see him do it in Men, like do that character again in Men in Black. Mm-hmm. So I may have at the time seen it and just been like, "Yep, it's a Tommy Lee Jones movie," and not put two and two together. Of, oh, it's the same as The Fugitive, and I love The Fugitive so much. Again, this is just like Jaws. If I were ever watching The Fugitive and felt like I need more Fugitive, I'm just gonna rewind the tape. Mm-hmm. And watch The Fugitive again. It wouldn't occur to me to seek, seek out, out US, U.S. Marshals. Unless we were doing a sequel September. In which case I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Just hold on one second. Yeah, I mean, even like the poster for this movie. And granted, it's just the one that's on IMDb. I don't know if it's the official one or just one of many that have been created. But it doesn't even seem to call out the fact that it's related. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like... Hey, remember The Fugitive from five years ago? Well, Tommy Lee Jones is back and he's doing that character. Isn't this exciting? Mm-hmm. Um, so to your point, it would make sense that you wouldn't necessarily connect the dots because they're not, they don't, it's almost like they don't even put the dots in front of you. How to connect them. <laughs> it's true. And it's not, I think the MCU and a lot of sort of nerd culture has taught people to like look to sequels and look for references look for easter eggs Mm -hmm. that sort of thing especially when you're having movies that are sequels that don't seem to have that direct one for one like thor is technically a sequel to iron man but there's no like yeah unless you know there's not a clear through line and when you think about sequels that kind of come prior to this you know that have like back to the future two yeah the godfather part two two it's clearly hearkening back to what the ancestor film is and mm. this movie is just like here you go yeah it's almost like the way that bond does things where like next new bond movie doesn't say hey remember casino royale well, we're doing a quantum of solace now yeah <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> um but you know because the guy on the poster is wearing the tuxedo and he's got the gun and the martini with the Aston martin behind him this just says the cop who won't stop is back <laughs> okay <laughs> That doesn't help me. Uh, But this time, he's chasing down a lot more than a fugitive. So, like, okay, there's your your Easter egg, I guess. Yeah. But but fugitive isn't capitalized or anything, so it's like, well, yeah, the the cop who U.S. Marshals chased down fugitives. That happens all the time. Like, that's... That doesn't tell me this is a sequel to The Fugitive. And five years on, if you didn't rewatch the tape a bunch of times, you might not remember his character's name. I saw the movie last year and I don't remember his character's name. Nope. So it'll be interesting to see if I remember it by the episode. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if it's just a matter of 
knowing that there's going to be an audience for this movie regardless, mm -hmm. the kind of cop drama thriller, which I don't think exists as much anymore, this sort of I feel like more it's the film. Now it's more the like point break heat model of it's the criminal crime drama where you're fought like the town or these ones where you're mm -hmm. following the criminals getting ready to do some crimes. But and the cops are just kind of either the bumbling idiots or the really intelligent foil that you want to see fail because you've grown accustomed to the antagonist or you know, the protagonist of these crime thrillers you just a lot more of them are from the criminals point of view nowadays yeah. i think like the what was the one the the jake gyllenhaal's ambulance like with the big la in it where it's like oh he's a bad guy who robs banks and he's gotta he's gonna get stopped or maybe he won't who knows watch that okay I'm, all right <laughs> that's like that's what that movie's selling you on is you're gonna watch this guy go do criminal stuff root for him please uh you get less hey watch this cop hunt down this guy maybe he did it maybe he didn't who knows yeah, true, true. But I guess even movies like like that, like the the current model, I don't think get as much play anymore. No. And like it's all COVID and like Hollywood studios have decided that like bankruptcy is a viable business model <laughs> and just like it's all fu everything is fucked. So that's part of it. But I don't know. No, I just want I love a movie. movie that's just for adults. Yeah. That your children can watch on TNT. There's nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you filter out the swears and the blood, and it's still an action movie that the kids could like, but then you throw the action, the, you know, the violence and the blood and the language in there, mm -hmm. and boom, you got yourself a movie for, for date night for mom and dad. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I long for it. So that's what I'm looking forward to in this. Do you have anything specific you're looking forward to? No, I'm just hoping to, again, have a fun action romp that weaves in some mystery about, you know, maybe you did. Maybe we don't know in this one if Wesley Snipes is innocent or not, the way that we knew pretty early on that Harrison Ford didn't do it. It'd be interesting to see if maybe there's a little bit more of a mystery to that, given that we're taking the other perspective on things. Um, and then ultimately, I just want another fun action movie that's got good, I remember good quippy dialogue from... I don't remember any of the specific lines, but I remember thinking like, oh man, he's got some great one-liners, you know? Every outhouse, cat house, dog house. There you go. So yeah, so just that's all I want. Just a fun action movie. I don't really need much more from from that. Uh, but just to touch base, because it seems like we're wrapping things up. Last movie ends. Tommy Lee Jones lets him get away because he know he puts it together that Harrison Ford didn't do the thing that he's accused of doing. And then everybody rides off into the sunset, right? Like there was no cliffhangers or... No. Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. It's just, it was a nice clean break. Yep. And now we're five years on in real time. Who knows in story time, but we're, we're back and he's still got his job. So he didn't get fired after letting yeah. presumed murderer. Yeah. Well, because he doesn't let him go. Like he takes him into the squad car and handcuffs and then he unhandcuffs oh, yeah. him and he's right. like, okay. He's got to keep his edge. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it.
Okay, we are back. We just finished U.S. Marshals, sequel to The Fugitive. Adam, how do you feel? Uh, pretty good. This is, I think, very much like last week. Not as good as the original. No. But largely entertaining because it's the same movie <laughs> with the same characters. And the one character switch I was worried about wasn't bad. Not as good. Not but, as good. But not that bad. So ultimately, I had fun with it. I thought the mystery was a little better here. Mm-hmm. And there was a new wrinkle to it that we didn't have in the... Because the first one was basically, did or didn't he do it? This is, did he or did he not do it? But if he didn't, who did? And how is this more... Like, it was more intertwined than just, all right, well, then who did kill his wife? Because there was, you know, turncoats and double agents at play. And it was more than just doctor who was switching drug trials, right? That's what that was the... Yeah. The impetus of the first murder was... I'm doing fake drug trials and you're going to find out. So I kill your wife. Right. That was the plot of the. Yes. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. Pretty much. So I think this was better yeah. in that regard uh, because I was more invested in finding out who did it. Whereas in the future, I was just like, okay, are they going to catch him? I didn't really care. Here, they kind of make you care who actually did it. Yeah. We had a little gasp at one point. Mm, yes. Yes, we did. That That did. Uh, catch me by surprise uh, when Noah got two in the, the stomach. Yeah. Feel bad. You know, he almost got shot in the first one uh, and then ultimately did get shot here. Uh, Joe Pants gets put through the ringer. You know, he's in a cast and he's got, you know, once again, he's getting in his scrapes. But yeah, for a movie that's largely the same as we alluded to in the before part, I, I liked it. I would very much consider a double feature. You know, if I like, if I came across the DVD bin, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, one good one and one crap." <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, a decent little franchise. To the point where I'm kind of surprised there aren't more. Right? There aren't more. There aren't more. I'm kind of it surprised. It does by feel that. like they were setting up to do more. Oh yeah, for sure. The team standing tall at the end. Wesley Snipes seems like he might be in on it. Like I'm really surprised there's not a third Fugitiveverse. Movie with Wesley Snipes and Tommy Lee and the team. I know. But how is this for you? You haven't watched this since you were a kid, since a, a weekend night on TNT. How How is this for you? Uh, it was good. You know, watching it now and and really watching it as a sequel to The Fugitive, they could have called this movie The Fugitive, but more. <laughs> a little uh, bit more fugitive. A little bit more fugitive. Our first fugitive was a doctor. This one is a spy. Mm-hmm. In the first movie, we have a bus crash. Mm-hmm. The second movie, we have a plane crash. Yes, we do. And a car crash. Several car crashes. But the yes. big escape crash, yes. Mm-hmm. Much more action, shooting. There's a hot French lady now. Mm-hmm. It's not a better movie. No. But it is a movie. And there's there's more movie. <laughs> there's more happening. Mm-hmm. Um, up to the banter. Not to a degree I enjoyed. No. Entirely. A lot, of, like when we first meet the team in the bar and they're like, bleh, bleh. Yeah. It's like, I don't remember this. Why don't you get back to work? <laughs> like, I felt like Tommy Lee Jones. Like, I don't want to see any of you smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try to make them people more than just lackeys, which they were in the first. They were lackeys at work. We didn't learn anything about them. We didn't see them having fun. 
But to that end, it does kind of make the Noah death worse. Because you're like, oh, we all saw him having fun. Like, we saw him, you know, more than just being this guy who works for the U.S. Marshals. Like, he seemed like a, he seemed like a nice kid. Damn. I know. But he, he had little curly hair. You just felt bad for him anyways. You know what I mean? Like, he just had like a, oh, no. Yeah. I keep wanting to call him Goose. Like, he's got Goose energy. Because he's just there to die. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, damn. But, you know, you get things. You get the plane crash. You get Tommy Lee Jones orchestrating a manhunt. Um, you get a waterside chase. Yeah. Like we did in the first one. This mm-hmm. we, we switch sewers to swamps. Sewers to swamps. Yeah. Would you have gotten in the swamp water? If I'm trying to evade justice, yeah. <laughs> I might just be caught. When Wesley Snipes' head came up out of the muck, I was like, <laughs> couldn't be me. Especially because it's all sticking, like all the algae on top is sticking to him. Right. Like It's certainly gross. I mean, I would have been afraid of alligators and snakes and all manner of swamp creatures. Like, how uh, does that smell? But at the same time, Tommy Lee Jones has a gun. And I know my chances with the gun, and I know my chances with the gators. Yeah, I'll take my chances with the gators. Mm-hmm. Because there's a chance there isn't one right here. I know there's a gun right there. Yeah, but I don't think there are gators in Kentucky. That's true. We're not in like Louisiana or Florida or swamps. We're in Kentucky swamps. Which was surprising to me. I didn't know Kentucky had swamps. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, what? where are we? What's <laughs> happening? It's like it's Kentucky the way Springfield and the Simpsons could be any spring. Like this is yes. just. <laughs> this is any Kentucky. We took five different states and called them Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, if you're from Kentucky, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about you're your lush swamp. This in the bud. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear all about your lush swamp culture. This is not the place for it. Um, no, if you're from Kentucky, I'm sorry. We're open to feedback. Um, we know you're not all uh, horrible inbred rednecks like the Kentuckians we see in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> see, that's a fun scene, too. When he's like, looks for the guy who doesn't smile. He's like, come with me. Yeah. You and You're I the man I need. <laughs> yeah. He just hawks a big loogie when he asks, like, oh, who's the biggest inbred redneck idiot? And they're all like, yeah, that's, that's me. And he's just like, Whoa. I'm surprised we didn't hear a spittoon sound effect just for emphasis. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was uh, he was absolutely Tommy Lee Jones' man for driving that boat. He's like, yeah. if I got to work with somebody, I want it to be the most curmudgeonly dude here. And he, I feel like he was really whipping that boat around during the chase scene. Oh, yeah. He gives no fucks. Yeah. Where, yeah, where do we start outside of this is The Fugitive, but more? I guess, like, it, yeah, I mean, you know it, the plot of The Fugitive, yeah, so that's essentially the plot of U.S. Marshals. It's, you get really, it's Guy Escapes Captivity, who may or may not have done it, mm-hmm. uh, goes on the run, has multiple near-catch escapes, f- starts to unravel the plot against him while being chased. Everybody gets closer and closer to their goal. Until we finally end up where all of the players are in the same place at the same time. Yeah. As Tommy Lee Jones is quote unquote figuring it out. Because like us, the audience knew in both movies well before Tommy did that the person who was the fugitive was not the actual uh, culprit. So same thing here. Beat for beat. Almost the same. Uh, It even starts off nearly identical of footage of the scene granted the first one was like a hazy memory recollection fight thing Mm -hmm. and this one is security camera footage but both of them are 
You never see a face. You see some attacks. You see some gunshots. And then it's, okay, we're moving on. Here are the characters. So like even, both even start in the same kind of way. And we get callbacks to the first scene via the security camera footage and then reviewing it the same way that we kept getting little glimpses of Kimball's memory coming back mm-hmm. in the first one. So there's even callbacks to the scenery, but I liked how these were used as tangible evidence to figure things out rather than just Kimball piecing together that time he got beat up where the directors were not showing us on purpose. Like here, we just, we don't know what really happened because it's security camera footage. You don't have all the pieces where technically Kimball knew what went down. We were just specifically not being told the details. Mm -hmm. So I liked that element here where he had to kind of like figure it out along with everybody else. But yeah, beat for beat, the, the, the exact same movie. Some of the beats I think were better. Some were not as good. I think the plane crash is way better than the bus crash. The plane crash is fucking insane. In a good way or? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the bus crash. I like that felt plausible. But the plane, the plane crash is fun to watch. Yeah. But it is such a ludicrous series of events one after another. It's too long. It's a little bit long. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Like, I couldn't... I clearly have not seen this movie in a while. I didn't cotton on to the fact that the guy who goes to the bathroom and goes to get the zip gun is trying to kill Sheridan, mm-hmm. uh, Wesley Snipes' character. Or that, like, he knows what's going on. And then what happens at the point that I realized that that was happening was so insane, and then it doesn't give you time to process it. The zip gun misses, hits the plane window, blows out the side of this jet, multiple people get sucked out, screaming. I think it's a marshal and the gunman. Yeah. If not more people. I think there's one other... Maybe two marshals and a gunman. Yeah. Because they were both kind of standing there at the gate being chit-chatting while the guy was going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Adios. And then the plane is cra- Like, the plane is in in crisis mode. We lose one engine. We lose two engines. We're nosediving. The closest airport is too far away. Let's find a road. We've landed on the road. Okay. The road is getting narrower. We're hitting... We're hitting power lines. That's exploding. That's causing a fire with the engines that are already on fire. Oh, no. We're coming up to a curve and a drop-off. Plane goes down into the fucking water. Now, like, it just... Now it's rolling. Now now it's it's sinking. sinking. Just so much. I like the simplicity of a train hitting a bus. True. That does make a lot more sense. And... Fits in a more realistic world. I did like the spectacle of it. it, it it's a spec, like it's fun. Yeah. I just I was like, and this it, movie's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar but different. Yeah, just like when the shark mm. explosion happens in yes. Jaws two, you're like, this is a different movie yeah. now. I mean, even earlier the boat explosion, where you're just like, oh wow, now we're a woman gets eaten and then her friend gets exploded because she. Poured gasoline on herself? Okay, we're we're upping the ante in a right. crazy way. I mean, I knew this movie was going to kind of ask you to suspend your disbelief about why a person would or wouldn't be caught, or some of the details that they're going to go through, because The Fugitive has that too, but it's a very grounded movie. When I saw the plane crash, I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to think at all for the rest of this. You are telling me, the audience member, 
sit back and enjoy the ride, fly the friendly skies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I kind of took the cue there of like, oh, we're going for spectacle here. Yeah. In a way that the first one, while having spectacle, was more about like, no, 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 stay for the intrigue. Stay for the mystery. Stay for the suspense. Yeah. This is, no, 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 gunshots, explosions, plane crashes, car crashes, like, we got you. Mm-hmm. We're here for it. And I was here for it as well. Yeah. I think if they hadn't landed well the first at the beginning, the rest of it wouldn't have seemed as crazy. Like, I wish that they had kind of broke the landing gear when they fell because they came in at the wrong angle. Because mm-hmm. they were going too fast. Because... Seemingly, every once they got like the plane leveled, everything should have been a okay from that point on. Seemingly, why did the brakes fail? Why did it take them entirely too long? No one's to brakes come... work in this movie, by the no. way. Wesley Snipes don't work in the beginning. That's how he gets caught. Yeah, um, the guy he is trying to avoid also no brakes. Well, because he's burned by his cigarette and his dick, I think, is what happened. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Oh, he drops a cigar, and that's what makes him kind of freak out. Because I think he's probably either A, getting burned, or just an idiot and looking for his cigar. But he dropped him and was like, oh, son of a bitch. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did enjoy the spectacle of it. Yeah. I liked all the convicts like hanging upside down. The like chain locking mechanisms on the plane was all cool. That like, was... That was fun. Yeah, the fact that they even had a federal prison plane, private plane, like, ready and raring to go. I guess I never thought about how they would transport convicts like that. Yeah, I did read, they, like, they knew they wanted a plane element in there, so they're like, let's go see what a, uh, like, a plane that, like, the government would use to transport prisoners looks like. Mm -hmm. And they got there, like, and it's just a plane. Yeah. And they're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to up the ante. And so they, they built in, like, the automatic chain lock cool. foot piece, which you commented on. You're like, just, that's just a little peg. Yeah. And then when they went, like, straight. I was like, like oh, yeah. Ooh. All right. That's cool. Never mind. Peg away. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure if they're transferring a prisoner, they just, like, fly coach and, like, keep them in the back and, like, like, I feel like there's not a big thing. Like, you, why would you do that? Why would you spend all that money to put as many convicts as possible mm-hmm. in the fucking air? There's so much more room for things to go wrong. Right. Or, like, it's... I don't know. Yeah. But I like the pen gun. That was cool. When he started fidgeting in the paper towel... Dis- or the toilet paper dispenser, I thought he was grabbing, like a, like, a regular pen to take the piece off to break out. Mm-hmm. Not, let's make this a gun, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, very much like the spy movie. Again, it it went to that place where you're like, we're here doing ridiculous stuff. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't don't think about the realistic nature of a pen gun. Don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it existed in 1998 or if it was just movie magic. Who gives a shit? We're gonna do some crazy things. Speaking of crazy things, we meet Wesley Snipes' character in the car accident, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. We're reintroduced. To the marshals around the same time as they're going in for in disguise uh, to get to, some bad guys. Yeah, to arrest Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and at first you don't see the marshals. What you see is a fried chicken truck 
and someone in a chicken mascot suit handing out samples. And as soon as the bad guys show up, this is how good an actor Tommy Lee Jones is. <laughs> the chicken goes into focus. Like, you just know it's him. Like, it just gets tight. Like, it just, like, is, like... Like, if you've ever seen, like, a a bird dog, like, get on a bird. Like, just, like, focused. Like, you keep it with the bird theme. Yeah, right. <laughs> Incredible. And then you just see him moving. He takes the mask off, but his little tail feather is still waving in the breeze as he's, like, climbing up the stairs with a gun. When they go into the house and it cuts back to the chicken and he's holding, he's handing out samples... They zoom in on his face. I thought maybe we were getting another assassin. Mm-hmm. Like we were setting the stage for multiple assassinations taking place around the city, around whatever's going on. When the tray of chicken samples drops and the chicken goes into business mode and starts his little like business walk, I was just like, oh, fuck, it's Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> and I got so excited. I was muttering like, don't take the head off. Like just go in full... Mean business chicken. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. And he took the head off, and it's just Tommy Lee Jones in a chicken suit with yellow spandex leggings, just like completely hugging his frame. He looks ridiculous, but he's he's making moves. He's <laughs> moving and grooving. He's clear, he's clearing roofs and he's busting through the thing, and he's like you said, his tail's just flapping around everywhere. <laughs> So silly. The man is a master of disguise, and I'm 100% here for it. Yeah. And the, the raid itself feels very slapstick, too. Like, you know, you have Tommy Lee Jones in the in the chicken suit, but just, like, even, like, the girlfriend, like, coming in and... Trying to hit it with a frying pan. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Well, everything about those characters is ridiculous, because, like, they first get out of the car, and I was like, what fucking year is this? <laughs> Because the women's hair is out of it's, control. It's ten years late. It's so high and so poofed. <laughs> and all of the the guys are kind of dressed like greasers. Like, the whole thing just feels out of... Like, it's out of a different movie. And then the chicken suit is there, and the whole thing is just wacky. They got shotguns in the baby crib. <laughs> <laughs> they got women hitting dudes with frying right. pans, and then... The women headbutt each other. Your child will never find it there. It's where they'll expect it the least. Yeah, baby's never rolled over and touched something. Never. Come on. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous, but I, I dug it. It was a great reintroduction. It instantly made me remember the scene where they're all in their, their disguises when they're going in to get... I don't remember who they're getting. Maybe like an informant or somebody, or they think that Kimball's in there, but it's not. They're going to get the other fugitive who escapes. That's right. Who goes to his girlfriend's house. That's right. Where Noah almost gets shot. Yep. Yeah. So, like, it reminded me of that. So it was a good callback reference to the first movie, which is something we talked about needs to kind of happen more so now because we expect it. But for 1998, a lot of people probably would have been like, oh, I remember that. That was, like, the first movie. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. So, yeah, Chicken Suit. That was <laughs> that's great. I wanted more disguises from him. We did get another disguise later, though. Oh, so yes, we did. Let's just stick with disguise corner. Uh, oh, yes. Costume desi- uh, disguise corner. Wesley snipes his wig. That Vincent Vega outfit <laughs> is just... It's six years too late, number one. <laughs> Four years too late, whatever yeah. Pulp Fiction came up. That fucking hair. Oh, my God. 
when he took the wig off, I was upset. You want? I felt the same way you did when the chicken head came off. <laughs> I was like, "Don't what are we doing here?" You've nailed the wardrobe. Work it. And I feel like he's playing with the hair a lot, mm-hmm. too, at different points. Of course you're doing that. Like, you're yeah. making sure the lines are even, you're making sure it's poofed out, any stray hair in any direction, and you look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I... It's so good. It's so good. He looked like he was, he looked like Chappelle in the Players Haters Ball sketch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, I think Brian said very Cat Williams. Yes. A little bit longer, but just as silky. Yeah, I expected him to start calling people pimp. It. I was ready for it. And making fun of Tommy Lee Jones' mama. Yeah, and he had also <laughs> done like some fake facial hair as well. Yeah. Just tied the whole look together. When we first saw him in the disguise, it was everyone was tailing the, like, the Chinese guy who was somehow in on the drop that the initial murders were a part of. And they just cut to Wesley very nonchalantly, like leaning up against a bank, like reading a newspaper as if he doesn't look like the most ridiculous human in this movie thus far. And we just talked about a man in a chicken suit. Right. (laughs) And somehow his disguise is way more ridiculous. I, you know, earlier in the movie, we see him go see an old contact who agrees to help him one last time. And he's sort of explaining like, what are you going to do? He's like, get righteous. Yeah. As soon as I saw that wig, I'm like, your work here is done. Yeah, you righteous. <laughs> righteous as fuck. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you just get out of there. Yeah. Like, just, you have the passports. Let's go. Yeah. Another incredible disguise. Great disguise work. Yeah. Last bit of costume corner that I have is the, I laughed when Tommy Lee Jones was presented with the running jacket. Like the purple, flashy, 90s look. But then he fucking wears it on the plane or the bus or whatever they're on. And I was laughing. I was laughing my head. Because Tommy Lee Jones looks ridiculous in a man in purple who would never, ever wear that ever. Right. And Joe Pants is like, no, I got this for Christmas last year. Like, this is awesome, dude. Like, I got you one. It's 80 bucks. Like, you're welcome. (laughs) Joe Pants is back. Pretty much the whole team from the first movie is back. There's a new woman. I was going to say, I think the woman's different. The woman is different. And I feel, I don't know whether they were trying to play off as though we were the same person, but very different characters. All right. So this woman is Cooper. Mm-hmm. Is the character's name? Give me one second and yeah. I will get you Pool, I believe is her okay. name. So two, technically two different people. Okay. All right. But there's no mention. There's no like, hey, you're the new guy. Or you're a rookie or whatever. Like clearly in the five year span mm-hmm. that we don't know. Like there's no mention of time. So it could have been the next week, month, year, five years, whatever. Assume it's in real time. Yeah. No mention. She seems like she's been with the team for a while now. So yeah, she didn't do much for me. No, the team. I feel like I liked the team less. This movie, mm-hmm. uh, partially for the reason you talked about with them kind of having their own lives outside, like, or at least hanging out outside of work. And they just, they were like a little bit more jokey. Yeah. It seems like everybody was trying to get their lines in. Right. Joe Pantoliano especially. And I don't know if that's just because we talked about how he wanted back mm-hmm. during the first movie. He's like, if you do a sequel, I want in. 
it sounded like he was trying to get his lines. Like, oh, I got to say my speech. And, oh, man, I got to tell you not to shoot the guy because this is our heart to heart moment. This is big for me. And I was like, eh, it feels forced. Yeah. You know, I think that whole dynamic in the first movie, it's, you know, everybody has their kind of part to play. But clearly, Tommy Lee Jones is the driving force. Mm -hmm. And I don't like... That the movie tries to make him, like, fallible and human. Like, in a weird way. Not in the way of just, like, he's mistaken, he doesn't have all the facts. I like the idea of him being, like, so serious. Mm -hmm. And being right all the time. Yeah. And we get a lot of that at the beginning, where he's talking about the perimeter and setting up the perimeter. And he's Mm -hmm. got the... The circle deal. Yeah. You know, he's he's bumbling with, uh, you know, the local PD, who, again, are redneck nobodies we get that when robert Downey jr is like you know statistically who we didn't even mention is in this movie right but that was nice to see him in something having referenced iron man literally i know it was very, i was like because I, I did not remember him being in this yeah but he was not a person i would have recognized as a child no because what would you have seen him in other than like back to school and some stuff from the 80s yeah not nothing yeah. nothing but when Robert Downey Jr. is like, you know, statistically, he would go to the biggest city. So he'd go north. And he's like, nah, we're going south because you're dumb and you're not from my team and I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. I, how do we feel about the Robert Downey Jr. character in the in the mix? So for me, I liked, I liked having him there because I like Robert Downey Jr. It's hard to watch anything with him, new or old, without obviously the cloud of Iron Man Tony Stark hanging over because that is that's now his iconic role Mm -hmm. that didn't exist I wouldn't be like you know he seems an awful lot like the guy from Tropic Thunder you know like it wouldn't it wouldn't work I wouldn't say the same thing but here it's like there's little bits of that because he's cocky and he's he's got that almost like I know I'm a know-it-all kind of factor that the Tony Stark character has yeah so it's hard to kind of take that out of it but I thought he was fine Ultimately, though, it's one of those things where you're new to the team, you're an outsider because you're coming from this agency, an agency that's involved in this double murder from the beginning, and we know pretty quickly that it's an inside job, or seemingly an inside job. I forget what, there was something very early on where, like, it doesn't quite add up. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, because oh, I think even before you figure it out, that everything was there, like, you see the the Chinese guy killed the dude in the gym. So like already, you know that he's involved more and there's something more going on. And we're, we're told there's a mole and a rat. Of course, it's the new guy from the outside being put on the team. He makes the phone call where he's like, he found the pen and with his flashlight. <laughs> like he was almost making fun of Tommy Jones for being a good cop. Yeah. It was pretty obvious seemingly to me watching as an adult who knows movies He's going to be the guy. So part of it kind of takes the mystery out. But still, I was like, okay, let's not think about it. Which is, again, we're along for the ride. I watched a plane flip. We're, we're here for it. I'm here for it. Let's, we'll just let it play out. So I thought he was fine. I don't think he did anything. He didn't elevate the movie any kind of way. But I like his turn more so than the evil doctor in the first one. You know, like that reveal and the motivation and the... Like, the actual reveal of him being the bad guy, like, the two shots to to Noah, was shocking. Where I didn't think he would be there in that moment. And I kind of maybe forgot about who could be the double agent. 
we just found another double agent, so it could have been him. Even though he said, like, who killed me? I can't tell you. Okay, it could still just be you. That could just be a lie. Uh, so that actually got me in that moment. So he was fine. Though I don't think you'd be scared of him. That's the weird part, where the guy's like, I, I can't. He'll kill me. Who, the spindly 5'6 guy? You're the like, smarmy one? Yeah. Like, you're <laughs> afraid of him? I'd be afraid Tommy Lee Jones will come kill me. That's the guy I'm worried about. Yeah. I'm not worried about Robert Downey Jr. in 1998. Yeah. He doesn't even have an Iron Man suit yet. He's <laughs> dealing with a lot of problems. Yeah. So, it's a little unbelievable in that regard. But again, obviously, I was here for the show. I was here for the ride. It's fine. Yeah. And ultimately, these movies aren't about the bad guys. No. They're about the, the wrongfully accused fugitive and Tommy Lee Jones. So, like, that's what we're here for. Yep. Not necessarily the third act reveal of a, a double agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess I just wish his performance hadn't been so sweaty and, like, telegraphed, like, sliminess, like, mm -hmm. from the start. But, I don't know. You need him. If yeah. you're going to have your twist be, like, the double agent twist. Yeah, because if it's, if it's the guy that we catch in the church... Or it's Lamb, the head guy that shows up a couple of different times. If it's either one of them, I don't care. Because right. I don't know them. They were here for two seconds. It's not... It's like almost like the law, some Law and Order reveals. Where you're like, oh, I met that dude in a hallway. Turns out he was the serial killer the whole time. It's like, okay, I guess. Like, that's cool he showed up there. And that's fine, though. I, it's not really a big, oh my god. Like, you didn't get... You just... You showed a guy for 30 seconds and then told me he was the killer. You're like... I didn't get swerved. It's not as big of a shock as the guy who's been there the whole time and then does a double cross like that. That is at least shocking. That plays well. But you're right. He he was kind of a douche the whole movie. I did read he was very unhappy during filming. Robert and then, Downey? Yeah. And then he's very unhappy. He's having a lot of personal struggles at this time, too. Like, mm -hmm. this is, like, the peak of his, like battle with a drug addiction and that last hospital scene he disappeared for like a week and so everybody was on the hook waiting to like film that last scene and then afterwards he was like very shortly after the movie was released and not well received he was like yeah like i'd rather be in hell than wake up every day and have to shoot u.s marshals Oof. what a stupid movie <laughs> it's like damn and, like, then to consider that and be like, damn, you got Iron Man in, like, 2007? Like, yeah, 10 years you were able to turn that around? Wow. Yeah. I, I think he does, like, he does Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I think he does Zo Zodiac in, like, 2007. That's so those right. are his I two. Zodiac. Still haven't seen it. It is on the list. Oh. So we'll cover we'll cover that at some point. But I know yeah. he's in it. And so I think, like, he gets a couple of things in there that are more... More indie, and then Zodiac's a little bit more high profile, and then obviously it kicks into mm -hmm. to overdrive. But yeah, 10 years later, and he's the biggest star in the world after slumming it in U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> My only other notes are there's a great cut during the chase scene in the cemetery where Sam is trying to radio to Joey Pants. Where are you? I need you here, blah, blah, blah. And it just cuts to Joey like, ah, <laughs> like the sound of traffic and then cuts immediately back to like a very quiet, tense scene. 
Yeah, no, that was really fun. And I think that that's one of those scenes that, along with some others that, that we kind of talked about, makes it more slapsticky. Yeah. You know, makes it more of a comedy, which I feel like there were a lot of moments where it goes for that. And if in a worse mood, I'd be like, oh, this movie, this movie fucking sucks. It's trying so hard to do all these things. Like, oh, my God, another fucking attempted humor. Great. But because I was like kind of here for it, mm-hmm. I just shake it off as like, a, okay, that was a bad scene. But like, okay, what's going to happen next? And there were a lot more of those, which is why it's not as good a movie as the first one is because mm-hmm. the first one had none of those. But that's a that's one where it's, you're right, it's quiet. It's a cemetery. There's literally a dude like performing a funeral and praying. And then all of a sudden it's traffic jams, car horns, pedestrians, all the, he's basically yeah, in Times Square. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in traffic, I'm driving here, get out of my way, forget about it, like the whole thing. <laughs> and so it's just like, that's funny, but I don't need humor here. Like, I don't need a complete cut to a different area of New York Yeah. for this one joke. To, to a different area of the human spectrum of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, all right, go into the church and... Make sure there's no back door. Hey, I'm walking over here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know why. I did laugh, but I don't need that here in this movie. The same way that I laughed at the end when they're doing the chase through, like, the old folks' home or whatever it was. Yes. And they're, like, they're clearing room to room. You have no idea where Wesley Snipes is. He could be anywhere. He could be in any one of these rooms. And, like, Tommy Lee Jones is quietly skulking around corners and walking down a hallway. And then you just see this old man come out of his room and go, Hey, what's all the... Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, pop back into his room. And it's funny, but I don't need it to be... Like, I don't need a moment of levity in an action cop thriller in, like, a pivotal moment. Like, give me the humor at the bar. Give me the thing about... The tracksuit and all, like, the banter when they're driving and flying and doing all these things, like, downtime. Don't give me crazy old man with his cane in the hallway being like, why do you, you kids keep it down over there? Oh, my God, a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you when you think about, like, the parallel moment in The Fugitive, which I would say is the, the chase during St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. which is just so... We have a lot of the same beats, like... Going up the stairwell and yeah. looking up and running past people and getting out of this building really quickly. That scene is played so deadly serious. Yeah. I'm trying to think because I don't think there's anything that's meant to be funny or played for. This isn't one of the most serious scenes in the movie, even though you could because it's a St. Patrick's Day parade and that's rife for shenanigans. Yeah. And then even when we get to. Sheridan's ultimate escape from the roof. <laughs> that, this one's tough. Robin Hood swinging down off the roof onto another roof, roof so he can then so walk onto a, a moving train. I kind of dug it because it's so silly. And again, like I said, I'm art. I've been conditioned to not take this movie very seriously. Yeah, like I've been conditioned to just kind of sit back with my feet up and watch the things unfold in front of me. But again, if I was in a worse mood or I wasn't on board, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? He's 
swinging in like Tarzan over here mm-hmm. just so he can land on this train. I thought he was going to make a badass leap from the roof onto the train. I know. He doesn't even land on the train. And I so, got to see him run onto the train. Yeah, which was cool. And him sitting cross-legged on the train looking back at Tommy Lee Jones was badass. Like, that's a power move of just like, fuck you, you didn't catch me. I just, did you just see that shit? I just swung through the air like Spider-Man. I'm in New York, motherfucker. Here we go. And so, like, the ending of it was badass. The act of him doing it was very silly. You know, like, where did the rope come from? The police system was already set up. Eh. Right. There's a lot of things. The Fugitive, you can watch Richard in real time problem solve of, like, I'm going to get into the parade. I'm going to get one of these hats. I'm going to move into the crowd. Like, you can see him want, like, see the pieces that he needs and then implement them. Yeah. Whereas this is, like, divine intervention pulley system. Yeah. I mean, they do a good job of showing you that, like, the intention, because it shows you the train, it shows you the platforms, it shows you the train pulling into the station. Okay, now it's going to move. Oh, shit, he's going to jump onto it. And I was on board for that move. Where it lost me was the rope and pulley. Seemingly out of nowhere. I know he was standing with his hands clasped in front of him to hide the rope. But it would have been nice if I saw the rope. Because I know he's not jumping to his death. Like he's going to jump onto the train and he's clearly going to make it. But either give me that ridiculous jump and I got to suspend my disbelief. Or show me the rope so I can be like, oh fuck dude, Tommy doesn't see that rope. Oh, what's he gonna th- oh he's going to use the rope to swing. That's awesome. Like if you told me ahead of time... And didn't try to play it for a shock. I would have been like, oh, that's pretty good. I don't know where that rope came from, but that's cool. That he f- or I watch him find the rope, you know? Mm-hmm. Make it a surprise to Tommy, but not me. Because when you make it a surprise to me and I see it, the reveal is way sillier than I think you want it to be. And that takes away from the moment. Though I did love the, the sitting cross-legged on the train. That was pretty cool. But yeah, too, too much humor for a movie that shouldn't have that much. You just need a little hints and flavors of it in better scenes if they're in the wrong scenes Mm -hmm. it's not that there's too much humor it's that there's too much in the wrong places and it has shifted from in the fugitive tommy lee jones says some funny fucking shit Mm -hmm. but it's the the difference between here it feels like he's trying to be clever and funny whereas there it was just like this is just a funny person yeah like this is just someone who in the course of their everyday life, says funny shit. Seemingly without realizing it. Like, that's just their personality. Yeah. I think realizing it, but not caring whether you think it's funny. Yeah. And this, he just felt like the quips were turned up a little too much. They dialed it up one too many. Honestly, I don't even remember. I only remember one, because I wrote it down, because it was really good. He's on the phone with Mustache Guy. Mm -hmm. I don't remember any of their names. Uh, he's on the phone with Mustache Guy, and they've been chasing this guy from <laughs> Kentucky all the way to Pennsylvania. Like, they're they're, they're following the trip. Tommy Lee's gone back to Chicago. He's running point. He's looking at security footage. He's tapping phones. He's talking to the girlfriend. Like, he's doing all the other stuff. But Mustache and New Girl are seemingly just driving from Kentucky to Pennsylvania on their way to New York. And he's like, hey, boss, like... Could we come back to Chicago and maybe, like, pull some tapes, too? Like, can, can we do something? I'm tired. And he's like, keep on the trail. You can sleep next month. Yeah. 
And just hangs up. Yeah, just done. And I think that's like the only quip that I really stood out to me mm-hmm. from this movie. I think because, again, they were just duds and they didn't feel like good quips. They were just things he said that weren't funny, didn't land. That one was the only seemingly good one. Mm-hmm. And I think just because of the surprise factor, too. Somewhat related, courtesy of IMDb's trivia page, the scene where he confronts Robert Downey Jr.'s character, handcuffs him and takes his cell phone and throws it, mm-hmm. you can see him hesitate. And that's because the take that's included in the movie is the second take. The first time... Tommy Lee Jones went and grabbed the phone and threw it. He didn't look and he hit an extra. (laughs) Damn, I want to see that. Right? That's got to be someone, please. It's probably on the... If you have that... The DVD extras or something. If you could rip that (laughs) to a complete... Get it on the internet somehow so I can enjoy it. I would really appreciate it. I can just imagine him pegging him. And then the guy probably being scared, being like, oh, fuck, like I ruined the take. Tommy Lee Jones is going to kill me. I mean, he already hit me with a phone, but he might actually kill me. (laughs) He's a man to be afraid of. He is. But I'd love to make him smile. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how satisfying that would be? Like if you made Tommy Lee Jones just have a little, not even genuine laughter, but just a a sincere... If I was the extra and I got hit in the head and saw that as the reaction of like a genuine smile or like a laugh and like the whole crew, I'd have been like, I'm done in Hollywood. Like, that's it. I don't care about Oscars. I don't care about Emmys, Golden Globes. Dude, I made Tommy Lee Jones laugh just by standing there. I've like, I'd put that on my resume. But like extra in U.S. Marshals, got hit with phone, Tommy Lee smiled, goals achieved. (laughs) You have your headshot be you getting hit with the phone. While we're kind of talking about the the unintended humor, I did laugh really, really hard at the man having a heart attack during the plane crash. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I forgot about him. I knew. I'm like, there was another crazy element that we were losing our minds at. What was it? Yes, it was that man, as the plane is going down, ripping his shirt open and clutching his chest like... Both hands, full chest grab, like tightens up. And he even makes like the audible, I'm having a heart attack sound of, (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, come on. This isn't a good movie, but it's a fun movie. (laughs) But I'm here for the spectacle. That's the thing. I think I was in the right headspace for it. If I was in a bad mood or if we were watching this on like a Thursday night after a hellish week. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, no, I'm I'm not here for their nonsense. But today I was, you and could, I'm, I'm you all would the not better. not be able to sanction their buffoonery, yeah, to I'm quote all, Tommy Lee Jones I'm, once again. Yeah, I'm all the better, I'm all the better for it uh, as a result, because that man clutching his chest, that heart attack <laughs> was a hoot. And again, not a place you need the comedy. You don't need well, a that, comedy moment. I don't moment. think it was intended even to be comedy. It was just like... How is it not intended to be comedy? <laughs> It is an old man having a heart attack on a plane crash. It's meant to be funny. (laughs) Yeah. And if it's not, then we need to have a serious talk about the difference between drama and comedy with whoever wrote and directed this movie, which is a a nobody. The guy who directed it went on to direct Star Trek Nemesis, and that's it. Yeah. A lot of producer credits, but 
nothing behind the camera besides this and mm-hmm. and that. But yeah, no, not I would assume not intended for comedy as well, but it's fun. And it shouldn't be. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> it's inspired a hearty chuckle. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they could have played it off not funny. Maybe a different time, but it's because it's the the shot is only him. No one else is really freaking out in the moment yet. They're all just kind of like bracing and, you know, gripping. And he's just like, nope, I'm dying. Very it just, yeah. Because you almost want to like grab him by the shoulder and be like, really? Right now? Now you're, you're going to do it? Do this now? Your training is not prepared you for this, but I need you to step it up and not have a heart attack. <laughs> How did you feel about the ending? Um, it was okay. It was, again, kind of cool to, like, watch Tommy Lee Jones figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because the same thing happened in the first one is we knew as an audience, he didn't. And we get to watch him put the final pieces together. I think the gun reveal was kind of silly. Mm-hmm. This man who is doing anything he can to cover his tracks as the double agent, hiring... Chinese dudes to make the drop and make kills and go on, you know, throat slashing sprees at the boxing gym and bringing the automatic rifle to the funeral, you know, going above and beyond to cover his tracks would still use like the same very obvious gun that was called out at the beginning. You don't think that this dude who you know is a champion of facts and clues and all that like you watched him find your pen gun with his silly little flashlight you don't think he's going to remember the really ostentatious gun you have that you then use to do a murder with use it use the glock you've got you know do something so it like that part of it was weird like the whole like obviously dude he's going to remember your gun and i know there are a lot of similar looking guns but he literally called you out on it last week you know depending on how long this movie takes place in do better (laughs) yeah most of the things that the fugitive does i prefer yes to this movie but i I especially like that they don't end like with richard being cleared it's you see that sam believes him Mm -hmm. and like that's enough for the movie like it understands you know yeah that's really what matters and so this movie ends with sheridan press conference announcing On that the courthouse he's been cleared. steps and, yeah. yeah it's like yeah okay if that was the setup for the fugitive averse that we've gotten six sequels to by now i buy it a lot more because i'm like oh cool they're they're introducing us to the new team can't wait for the next one and to be fair i would watch another one of these because much like jaws where it's probably diminishing returns I had fun with it. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing more Tommy Lee Jones in crazy outfits, Wesley Snipes doing marine combat trained spy U.S. marshalling. Yeah. More wigs. More wigs. The team, you know, cracking wise at the bar or whatever. Like, I could have watched a bunch of those because I'm not really here for the story anymore. You're not going to top the first one. You're not going to top the fugitive. You might down the line by accident, but... Chances are I know what I'm going to get from you, and it's U.S. Marshals, and I'm okay with that. Um, But the fact that we don't have more makes the ending just feel a little too neat. I would have preferred, like like the first one, a nice handshake of like, go, get out of here. Like, I'll I'll clear it up. Go go live your life. 
you know, just something like that where he's going to take the burden on of doing the paperwork and clearing it with the boss lady. I don't need you to be part of this. We, you've been put through enough. Go home. I was thinking, I'm like, if we could cut that, where would we end? And we end with Wesley Snipes being like, I'm going back to sleep. And it's tricky, I think, because Sheridan is not given much of a character, really, outside of he's a man on the run and he's like a secret badass. Yeah. And he has a French girlfriend. And we're told all of that. Like, even his fighting didn't seem that much better than anybody else's when it probably should have been, Mm -hmm. given the accolades we were told. But yeah, he was... And this is the problem I thought we might have going into it, where the movie The Fugitive is about Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford is an amazing actor who can carry a film, and the story revolves around him and his gravitas. Mm -hmm. With Tommy Lee Jones there as a foil to chew scenery and have a lot of fun. Love the dynamic between the two. Here... It's Tommy Lee Jones, who is a good actor and can carry, and this film revolves around his gravitas, but they want it to be something that it's not, which is funnier and quippier and all these other things. And Wesley Snipes is literally just there to be a fugitive that he needs to catch. And we we don't really get anything from him. Backstory is fine. The whole, like, the fact that he didn't tell the girlfriend that he was in the Marine. Like, you could tell, like, I was, a you know, I served in the Army back when I was whatever. Uh, she seemingly doesn't know any of that. Because she's like, he could never kill anybody. Girlfriend, he was a Marine. All right? Yeah. Like, he absolutely can and has. I'm telling you right now. Yes. So, she seemingly didn't know. But, you're right. He doesn't really have a character. We're not giving any room to explore his character. I think if you take out some of the elements that work less with the team, you have more time to flesh him out. Mm-hmm. Make me want to see him not get caught the way I didn't want to see Harrison get caught because I knew he didn't do it and he was trying to prove he didn't do it. Where Wesley, yeah, he's doing that. But at the same time, I don't care if he gets caught because I don't, I don't really know what kind of person he is because I don't really get a ton of time to see that. Yeah. Like even... When he's first on the run, we get to watch Richard figure out how to get new clothes, how to dye his hair, how to shave. We just, Wesley Snipes just has done that pretty much by the time he hijacks the the big 18-wheeler. Yeah. Richard, we get to see him help people as a doctor on numerous occasions. The kid he sends to go get a chest x-ray, the the prison guard who he says this guy has a puncture wound like you have to make sure as they're yeah. wheeling him into the hospital we don't see wesley snipes doesn't get any of those opportunities in this movie besides when he's at the tobacconist and he says i'm gonna get righteous i would have loved way more scenes with guys like that mm-hmm. because if you had shown me again i don't need to see necessarily the same harrison ford figures out how to be inconspicuous Because this dude's a spy. He knows how to do that. You've told me that. I'm fine with it. But he does need a lot of help. I would have loved if he, in different places, had contacts he could go to. Like, this dude is a spy and probably has a spy network that he has some access to. I know he says he doesn't know who to trust, but he knows he trusts the cigar guy. Like, maybe one or two other scenes of him with a confidant that give me more of his background coming to the forefront like the doctor stuff uh, for Kimball. I do think that would have been a 
a good route to go to rather than, hey, let's cut, cut back to Joe Pants drinking a drinking a shot and yucking it up. Yeah. All that said, it's a good popcorn flick. Yeah. I, something nice to have on in the background on TNT. Yeah. And I, fold your laundry. And if this was a rainy day, you know, rainy summer day, you're stuck inside all day. Someone says, let's watch The Fugitive. After a quick break, I wouldn't hate throwing on the U.S. Marshals, you know? Maybe not back-to-back, because it's largely the same movie, and Mm -hmm. I feel like the differences would be glaring. Yes. Because we have a few months in between watching them now, but I wouldn't hate it. It serves the purpose of what I think sequels used to be, which was, hey, let's do largely the same movie, but we'll tweak some things. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea to do a, a film around that team was a good one. I this I'm not one of those who's like, oh, why would you do that? Why they were a fun group in the first movie. I was glad to see them get more time. I think it could have been done better, sure, but ultimately I'm not mad at the idea of the movie the way I could be with maybe some of the other movies we may or may not cover. Some of the sequels I know we've talked about. I'm like, no, why? Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And at the end, I did enjoy. I had fun with it. It's not nearly as good as the first one. I'm not wowed the way I came away in that one. So if you haven't heard the Fugitive episode, take a listen. I was very positive coming out of that. Loved every minute of that movie. Was super on board with it. Was on board to watch this. And while I would watch more because I like Tommy Lee Jones, I like that character. This movie is obviously not as good as the first one. Takes some swings at some things that it misses on which is the comedy and some of the the mystery elements because it is a little obvious but ultimately i think everybody did a decent job robert downey jr's obviousness and hatred of this movie aside i also didn't really like his monologue in the in the room about why he was doing it or what he was going to do or what are you gonna do shoot me you're gonna arrest me ha 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 yeah didn't really care for that but ultimately in the end like the movie would have watched more if they made them wouldn't have minded a TV series of Tommy Lee Jones doing an hour of these every, you know, every week. But not as good, but a, a worthy sequel. I agree. Anything else that you want to add, Bridget, before we wrap things up then? Not on mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can rate and review this show uh, in-app on Apple Music and on Spotify. So if you like the show, make sure to give us five stars. We would greatly appreciate that as it helps grow the show. Speaking of growing the show, if you like any of the episodes we've done, especially these sequel episodes, uh, and you want to listen to the originals, you can make sure to go back. Uh, But if you do enjoy them, make sure to tell a friend as well. So if they saw any of these movies, if they prefer the originals or the sequels, uh, definitely let us know as well on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, so let us know what you think of U.S. Marshals, The Fugitive, other sequels that you want to see us cover that we've done, uh, the originals on the show. Uh, Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods is the place to do that. Uh, we'll be continuing Sequel September, obviously, for the rest of this month. So uh, Johnny will be back with us next week. Not quite sure what we're going to cover just yet, but we've covered it on the show so far and it has a sequel. We're open to to watching some, good or bad. Uh, I hope to get a bad one in here, because so far we've had some decent ones, although they didn't uh, exceed the originals. 
I would like to see a dumpster fire. Uh, so maybe we'll get that next week or the week after. We'll see. Uh, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I am Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you.